Dunn spun away, looking, shooting! Dunn with a goal! What's good and welcome to another episode of Diaspora United. It is me, it is I, Andre Carlisle here for another episode. And of course, I am not alone. It would be terrifying if I had to do this alone. I don't want to talk to y'all for an hour by myself. That would be terrible. I got Courtney with me. Courtney, how are you doing? Doing well. It's Monday. Just waiting for the impending doom, I mean the Olympics, to start. (laughs) Just basically not sleeping for two and a half weeks. Oof. Yeah, I've been lamenting that. And, it, and you know what? Shout out to Gal Pal Sports who decided at f- what what was it? 4.30 p.m. today, uh, Eastern time to tweet out that just 36 hours until the until the kickoff to the uh, U.S. Women's National Team game against Sweden. I didn't need that information. Uh, appreciate it, though. <laughs> it's going to be so brutal. But uh, before we move on, I want to make sure I read a review. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you guys for all the reviews. Uh, if you are listening on a platform that allows you to review, please do. If there are stars, please give all five. Giving four would be just be rude. Be rude. Rude thing to do. Appreciate the five. <laughs> um, this review is from Javi Sienna. Really appreciate that. It says, best pod to learn about exciting. And then my it just kind of cuts off. I'm, I'm assuming the rest of that is positive because the whole review is positive. <laughs> it says, love hearing black voices cover the game and highlighting women, primarily black women, because the wave is coming. Damn right. Thank you for the content. <laughs> Keep up the excellent work. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that review. Very nice. People, you, all of you are so nice. Don't, you don't need to be this nice, but you are all so nice. Don't tell them not to be nice. I'm just saying. <laughs> don't be mean, but you guys <laughs> are just all go. really nice. Yes, we appreciate the niceness. Um, and yes, yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much leaving reviews. Continue to do that. Uh, we'll try to read uh, read one out every episode. And if I forget, um, yeah, you can come to my Twitter account and yell at me. Happens. Uh, so this week, we've got some news to talk about. We've got some NWSL to talk about. And we also have the Olympics to talk about. As we said, we are dreading the early mornings, but it's going to be fun, question mark, we hope. Um one quick note before we get started, and, and I let uh, um, Courtney kind of take us through the topics. This is episode 25, y'all. Y'all listen to 25 episodes. Shout I out cannot, to y'all for persevering. <laughs> honest, truly, truly. I cannot believe it. If I think about it for too long of a time, I'm like, I genuinely, genuinely cannot believe it. But 25 episodes. It Dias really doesn't United. feel like it. It doesn't feel like it's been 25, but it's been 25. And wow. There are like so many exclamation points going off in my brain. I'm like, how How do we get to 25? I don't know, but we're going to go on the way to 50, 75, 100, whatever we got. So we're going to keep rolling. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And again, thank you all for listening. Continue to do so. Um, really appreciate it. Really appreciated the love uh, that we've gotten from the podcast. Also, the Twitter account. Um, make sure you give us a follow. We, we we try to tweet all the all the goals, all the moments that are happening. Uh, you'll notice some inside jokes going on there in terms of the bat midge. You can check that uh, little Twitter thread <laughs> thing out there. Uh, so make sure you're following us for the full experience. <laughs> yes, yeah, so 25 episodes, many more to go. And also, we'll be dropping some new things soon. So that's like just... Keep it in the back of your mind. But rolling on, we're getting deep into the NWSL. Um, first thing off the top, we learned this past week that uh, general manager Elise LaHue has left Gotham. Um, there are have been a, you know, a lot of reports about it. We can link in show notes a few different reports. I'm honestly assuming most of you all have listened to this. Um, or sorry, have known about this because... It was really big news for Gotham. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Uh, so moving on, or Andre, do you want to add? It's, it's the way that it's been done has kind of allowed it to become ripe for speculation. And so my only thing is, and we saw that lawyers are involved and it seems to be a, a pretty big deal, but don't know any specifics. So the only thing I would say is this is one of those where we want to know. It's frustrating not to know. Normally, you get at least a little something. We got nothing until statements, and and we got nothing but vagueness, and then statement that really added to added more questions and answers. 
So until we know something, I just try to avoid the speculation. 100%. And I think the only thing I have uh, else to add is that like, this is also now, unfortunately, there's starting to see, seems to be, you know, kind of a pattern um, of just things happening in the NWSL and there just being a lot of speculation, a lot of questions, barely any answers. So hoping that in the future that this will change because I think as far as covering this league, previously as a fan of this league, like it just, you don't want to continue adding in like more and more situations just filled with speculation. Um, but moving on to the NWSL games of this week, off the top, Louisville, North Kansas, Kansas City played this week. Um, they just had a week off. Uh, but rolling on to our next, our, sorry, the first game on Saturday, North Carolina Courage 1, Houston 2. My feelings for this match was I thought Houston was pretty lucky to walk away uh, from Cary, North Carolina with three points. I thought for the most part that North Carolina played well and just had, you know, at least for me, um, one really clear offside call um, or or one clear goal that was called for offside that I didn't think was offside. And then the other one uh, was a little bit more like uh, kind of on the edge of could be offside, could be onside. Andre, what'd you think? Yeah, this match was interesting because I think if you kind of look at Houston's approach to the match, um, which was one of the ways it's really hard. I mean, you have to cope with North Carolina's 4-2-2-2, you know, that, that weird formation they do, that box midfield that they the do. Box. They outnumber you in field. Yeah, the midfield box. Um, and then the overloads they can create using that. It's really difficult. So Houston really came in and wanted to be defensively compact and try to hit on the counter, uh, try to score via set pieces and and pressure. And they did two of the three. You know, Shea Groom gets a goal by putting a lot of pressure under the uh, center back and getting the, the, to poke the ball by Casey Murphy. And then Gabby Seiler ends up scoring the winning goal with a really good set piece. And you know what? I want to take a little detour and talk about the set piece for a second because we saw, I believe, two set piece goals this, um, just free kick goals actually from uh, the weekend. And I would like to see more of that. Me too. I think that the spirits, and we'll talk about it in more in depth later, but the spirits was kind of straightforward. This one was interesting. Houston did some interesting things in the wall to kind of give Siler uh, a lane to shoot through so she didn't have mm-hmm. to get it up and over the wall. And I think there's a lot more that can be done in terms of creativity and imagination with set pieces, but it all stems from valuing the players and getting them the right coaching. You know, there, there's a lot of talk in men's game about set piece coaches and how do you can do a whole even even Lionel Messi he didn't really start banging in free kicks until Barcelona started screening you know they started getting themselves in the wall and trying to screen goalkeeper you know make it harder for them mm-hmm. to pick out the ball there's a lot of things that you can do instead of just hoping that somebody pulls David Beckham and just bends it up and down uh so I would like to see a lot more of that and I was really excited to see Houston pull that out um but Aside from that detour, <laughs> uh, I thought it was a good match from Houston. Um, I do think they were lucky. I agree with you on that. I, I think, I, I think, and we were looking at the replays before we started recording, and I think Jess McDonald's header may, and this pains us both to say, because on the Twitter account, we said it counts in our hearts, and, and it still does count in our hearts, but it I do does think- It always counts in our hearts. <laughs> I do think it was an early cross, but it wasn't early enough. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what I think that was the problem. But uh but but I think Kristen Hamilton should have had two goals on the day and Houston was kind of glad they got all three points um when they probably should have only had one and perhaps without a weird error at the back could have had all three. Um or could have had none, I'm sorry. Yeah, and also with that um there was also time where at the very probably with 88th. It was very late in the match. Um where Jess McDonald also hit like had a you know really good run basically right in front of goal got around the defender and like just kind of flicked the ball off and it happened hit the post or oh, sorry yeah. hit the crossbar and like yeah. instead of doing the crossbar thing where it hits the crossbar and goes in it hit the crossbar and just like ricocheted off I was like oh that's unlucky because I thought um Jess McDonald actually these past few matches has just really put in like a lot of work to try to get her team points like even uh going back to the Washington Spirit game from last week 
I thought she was still just like really putting in that work anytime she could. And so it was a little, it was like definitely unlucky for her first goal to be called offside, which I think was actually rightly offside. I think she was just a step in front of um, Houston center back. And then for the flick to not basically not come off and hit the crossbar and go out. I was like, Oh, Jess, you deserve a goal. And you know what? That was that was very similar. That touch that she had was very similar to what was it? Chris? It was Kristen Press who scored that goal, I believe, against Mexico. That touch in the rain that we talked about. Yeah, uh, in the fourth and the four now. Yeah, it was a very similar kind of move because she was flashing across goal and had to get a touch on it. And that's it's really hard to do that, but she almost got it. The the bar just it's really it's really unfortunate. Like I hate when it's it's such a weird thing, right? When like. I think aesthetically, when a when a ball hits the ball hits the bar or the post and goes in, there's just something like aesthetically pleasing about that. But then there there's like the flip pleasing. side where it's just so like gutting when it doesn't happen <laughs> when it hits the bar or the <laughs> post and goes out. So it's yeah. like I like to see it, but I hate to see it. Yeah, truly, anytime unless it's like a keeper like gets fingertips to it that makes it hit like either the bar um, or the woodwork, I always, it's just like such, <laughs> and like this is me just fully talking as a person, just watching the game, like not even there, just like exasperation, like ah, it was off the bar, like because I feel like anytime that happens, it's always, there's always something, you know, because they almost scored, there's something really good that's happening, and then the fact that it doesn't come off, it's just like, oh my, um, yeah, really getting, but yeah, talking, going back a little bit actually to uh, free kicks, the free kicks, I feel like uh, this past week have been really interesting because, you, as you mentioned, there were two, one scored by um, Ashley San- Sanchez and the other by Gabby Seiler. This is also a good transition to uh, our next match of the week, Gotham 3, Washington Spirit 2. Um, but that that Ashley Sanchez free kick was so good. And I unfortunately learned about it early because you, sir, Andre, <laughs> tweeted it. <laughs> Ashley Sanchez rocket and I said what and I was like ah so it was just like anticipation instead of knowing when it was happening like live um but yeah it was honestly a really it was a really great free kick and I think the most surprising thing about this match to me was that Gotham let in two goals um very surprising both goals very very good one scored by Trinity Rodman the other by that uh, Ashley Sanchez free kick um but yeah, I was very surprised at this match. Technically, also called the Diaspora United Derby. I think we called it this when we were talking about the Challenge Cup, and then like just forgot to bring it back because also this match hasn't happened. Like this is the first time this match has happened during the regular season. But uh, I mean, in our notes right now, I said LMAO. What was that? Because that's kind of how <laughs> I feel about this match. Very high scoring, uh, which to me was, you know, not really normal in the NWSL to have, you know, a two, three match. I think the other match I think about was Gotham versus North Carolina where Gotham won four, three. I did happen to be at that game and almost fell when, uh, Evelyn Vian scored a fourth goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought like, it was like a good performance for Gotham, but also I thought it was like, wasn't a gr- like it was a good performance. I also thought it was like bad at points. And then I thought the spirit besides, you know, the red card, like, to me, the Spirit had 11 players on that field. I know y'all only had 10, but to me, there was actually 11. Yeah, so being, and and yeah, sorry for the spoiler. Um, I, w- I was there, I was live, <laughs> and so uh, that will happen. Uh, <laughs> so when, I, when I'm at the game, I you know, I, I just go for it. Um, but yeah, that was, it was a fun game to watch, even though that field like that that oh whole situation just <laughs> it's bad it's really bad in person it's just bad um it so, looked bad on tv it, yeah it, it was it was not great but the it, so it was there was that right there was the turf there was the most defensively stout team in the NWSL in Gotham Gotham had only given up to that point i think 3 goals all regular season um mm-hmm. they gave up 2 in this match um and then on top of that there was the red card which the referee got every single aspect of that wrong every single one and do you think it should have been a red card or a yellow so i'll i'll let i'll, I'll give you my vantage point um from from where i was because actually i was just to the left of the stands on that goal there's like mm. a little gravel pit with tables on it and that was the press box 
Uh, so that's where <laughs> oh, I was no. hanging out. I was oh, right God. there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was right there. Um, and so what, so the spirit clearly got themselves in a bad situation. And this is kind of what can happen when you get yourself in a bad situation, right? Um, the, the right back is not really a right back, but playing right back. She's also a rookie, but she also had this error <laughs> during the match where she tries to, uh, she tried to dribble up up the pitch a little bit, kind of got turned back around and had to regain possession. And then she hits this ball into the center of the pitch, um, basically with Sam Staub kind of right near the top of the box being pressured by Mitch Purse and Efi is right behind. The ball on that turf pops up and Staub, Staub for some reason tries to control it instead of just booting it. And once once she took that touch and it didn't go like perfectly, Midge was all over it. And so mm-hmm. Midge gets the ball and she's coming to the box. But Paige Nielsen is on the other side. Paige is actually in front of Midge. So she's, she would have been able to influence a shot had a shot come. So to me, in that scenario, it should have definitely been a penalty. Should have been a yellow card for Staub. And you, you do the penalty and you move on. What ended up happening was... The referee first ignores the penalty, says it was outside the box, then says it was a de- denial of a goal-scoring opportunity, which it wasn't because Paige Nielsen was in front, and she gave a red card to Paige Nielsen, which later on, and actually shout out to Gotham players too, because everybody was kind of like pleading their case as to what was going on, and mm. Paige was not leaving the pitch because she didn't want to, <laughs> because she shouldn't have had to. <laughs> right. And so the referee was about to let the free kick go. And Gotham was like, um, they still have 11 players. What are you doing? And then, you know, after a lot more back and forth, the referee finally gets it right. And she gives her, she gives Staub the red card. And she has to leave. So like that whole thing was just a giant mess. It really reminded me of like rec league soccer. Where like, instead of the referee having control, it becomes like a committee (laughs) of players who are trying to dissect what just happened and go from there. It was a mess. Honestly, I thought it was at one point like a clear denial of a goal scoring opportunity. Also just knowing, for example, Midge and seeing where, what was it you said, Paige Nielsen? Yeah, Paige was right there. Um, Like, because for me, I thought... At first, it started where, like, Paige was much farther away, and Midge was just, like, basically about to go and, like, start going towards the goal and getting a goal-scoring opportunity. So, like, I thought it was an unfortunate red card. I could see it going either way, but to me, because to me what got the red card more than, like, oh, she's the last player back was the clear, like, the goal-scoring opportunity taking her down. So to me, it was like, and that was what, minute seven in the no, match? It, it was the fifth minute and it took, it, the, the reason why I, look, I think you can tell the level of confusion because the play actually happened like right after, it was in the fifth minute, but it was like real early in the fifth minute too. It was like mm-hmm. 4.05 on the clock. And it wasn't until like the seventh minute that there was actually like the free kick was being taken. Like there was so much confusion about that. It was, it was, it was such a weird, weird, weird play. Yeah, like, and I mean, I just, I just watched it, like, the entire sequence again. So it's like, I can, I can see why. But then also the thing is, to me, like, with the red card, it's like, to me, with either card, a penalty should have happened. But well, that's know. the whole, that, that's the whole double jeopardy thing that they out, that they outlawed, right? So like, if you end up giving up a penalty, the penalty is enough of a punishment. And so then you get a yellow card, especially with you have a defender who's covering and the, and the foul isn't cynical. And I don't think this was a cynical foul. Oh, I so, forgot about that. Yeah. So it's, so yeah, I mean, it's, it was one of those things where it just, there was a lot, there were a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of ways to get to the right answer and they didn't. But, you know, honestly, for, for me, I think the more interesting thing about the match is the way that, like you mentioned, the spirit didn't seem like they were down a player. <laughs> uh, not at because all. they did not do what they normally do. What what any team normally does when you get a when you get a red card that early in a match is you completely change your game plan, you swap out an attacker, you put on either a defensively solid midfielder or you just straight up put on a defender um, to replace the center back who was taken off. And the Spirit didn't do that. Spirit didn't make any subs. 
Um, well, when you have Andy Sullivan, right. you can do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, th- so they just basically dropped into a 4-3-2 and said, all right, we're going to go play. And I thought it was really dope. Like it made the match really, really fun because the Spirit had opportunities. Gotham had opportunities. And you end up getting a 3-2 match that I feel like, you know, Gotham probably feels good about that match better than they would have if they would have won it like 2-0 with, you know, uh, just kind of like getting an easy win over a team that's trying to play a low block. And, you know, you also, for the, from the spirit perspective, I know like moral victories aren't really a thing that like shows up tangibly, mm-hmm. but I think that they went out there and against that team played their game still down a player and looked dangerous and scored two. That Trinity Rodman goal was ridiculous. Yeah, that Trinity Rodman goal was... And I mean, Trinity Rodman is so good 1v1. And so, and we should have done actually a preview of this match because I remember coming into it, I had a lot of feelings um, because I was like... <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I was like, I am a little bit... I know, I know about Gotham's defending, but I was just like, Trinity Rodman, the way at the form Ashley Sanchez has been in, the form Ashley Hatch has been in, um and then even thinking like even though Estelle and Didi stood on their heads during the Portland match I was like Portland still had chances and just did not put them away even though you know even though Gotham really did defend spectacularly that match so I was like mm, there's something there's something about this match um so then you know going from having 10 players going up 1-0 um Gotham equalized <laughs> then Gotham went up 2-0 uh and then the spirit equalized, and you know, after that Ashley Hatch, uh, or sorry, Ashley Sanchez free kick, I was like, if this game ends two two, this is <laughs> embarrassing for Gotham <laughs> to tie a team when you have paid ba- played basically eighty five min- or like eighty three since that's when the fit, like the free kick actually happened. But you know, playing eighty three minutes against ten players, like you should solid like solidly beat this team like you you know even though wash like even though spirit was playing so well and i mean i tweeted this out like earlier i was like spirit does not do not look like they only have 10 players on this field um i was like if gotham does not win this this is very embarrassing spirit and i and i apologized on my twitter account but i'm gonna apologize on the podcast too i told y'all where i was where it were like the, the quote-unquote press box is there I tried so hard to remember to pull up my camera and get y'all some real live, like up close <laughs> sideline midge action because she was getting isolated on that. Um, she was able to isolate McGrady a bit on that um, on the right side of of their attack, left side of uh, Spirit's defense, and I wanted to get that for y'all. But every time it happened, I was I was too I was too like I was too hype, <laughs> just much too <laughs> hype. I was just watching because you like. I was talking to somebody else about this. Um, just just in terms of like going to NWSL matches, if you can, if you have, if you can, if you have access to have the funds to, if you have a team that's close by, somewhat close by, try to get to a match. You have to go to a match. It is so different. So different. Like players are so much faster than you think. True. I don't know what it is about TV that like makes you think like this player is slow, or like even the players you know are quick. Yeah. But you're oh, like, so much they're quicker. not that quick. <laughs> seeing, first of all, seeing Roosevelt, mm-hmm. Midge, mm-hmm. Ify, and even Pino up mm-hmm. close, I was like, I was like, first of all, I was like, Rose is unreasonably quick. Even seeing Lynn up close, because I forgot, I did go to that game and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Lynn's here? legit terrifying. <laughs> Lynn's speed is legit terrifying. There were a couple times I saw her uh, against the Spirit and. I mean, you think a ball isn't like she's she's nowhere near like she's not going to get that ball two stride, two, three strides. And you're like, how did she just phase through time? Like, like this is some supernatural. It is wild. You have to go see a match live because you do not get the pay. Like the games are entertaining no matter what. But if you go live, you do not like that's the only way to understand the kind of speed, the kind of like athleticism that that is out there on the pitch. It is wild. And Midge is. Midge is so fast and she just just not in terms like it's not not just like a to b speed just when when she decides to do something it's almost like acceleration is yeah it is wild it's almost like okay you just did that and my brain has to process how you just ended up over there with the ball Mm -hmm. (laughs) she is she's incredible it was really fun to watch but i didn't get video of it for y'all so sorry (laughs) 
But yeah, and also, I mean, I can't wait till the reverse picture happens so I can actually go to it. Um, but also, I thought Trinity was just, <laughs> as uh, Sky said, some Shay on Shay violence <laughs> was <laughs> happening. As soon as I saw the lineups and I was like, it's Midge versus Tegan yeah, and scary. Uh, Amani versus Trinity, I was like, I was like, oh no, (laughs) there are things that are just going to happen. Um, But yeah, I thought, I mean, for me, Trinity, besides that goal, I was like, she is so good one-on-one. Like, and even if you have a really, like, you know, a solid outside back, she can still just sometimes make them look silly. Um, But we've spent enough time on the Diaspora United (laughs) Derby. Um, But moving on to the next game, and we'll make these quick, I promise. Uh, Chicago 3, OL Reign 1. My two thoughts about this uh chicago own goals uh chicago's next fixture that i will be at this upcoming weekend is against gotham so own goals versus big defense just going to be hilarious vibes i don't know it's going to be interesting um but yeah chicago just (laughs) keeps just keeps making teams score own goals and it's absolutely hilarious um and then the other thing for this match i thought mal be um, it's still just, you know, like she finally got the goal, which, um, I thought she deserved because the performances she's just been putting in week in and week out, like they deserve goals. Like even in, even at times where Chicago's not playing well, like to me, she's often still a bright spot for them. Um, and so finally got the goal. It was, if you want to, you can go look at the highlight and see it from behind the goal, which to me is, can occasionally be the funniest angle of a goal because you can see the keeper do something wild. Um, and that happened on that Mal goal. Um, but then my other thing about Chicago is, uh, they let in a comically hilariously bad defended goal for Bethany Balser's, uh, what her third goal in two games. Um, but yeah, that goal was hilarious to watch live. Yeah. So my, my couple things with this was I love Mal Pugh's goal because it is such a, like angry striker goal like i'm tired of this own goal (laughs) nonsense like i want to score goals i want my name on the goals because the way that she put her foot through that ball and just basically she hit it into almost the roof of the net from like from very close range it was Mm -hmm. it was amazing i was like that's that's that striker being very angry saying this is going to be a goal because if not it's going to decapitate you so i appreciate her (laughs) um the other thing i had real quick though is that like and that usually you see, and because this league is so competitive, that you see like a team's gonna, it's hard to string together wins. And the teams that can do it are the ones that like ride, like separate themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the opposite has kind of happened right now for the Red Stars is that they are actually in a bit of a slump. But you can't tell because they keep picking up three <laughs> points because of these own goals. Which so they're sitting hilarious. up here second. In the league on the league table with a negative four goal differential. I it's tweeted that out. Bonkers. And I was like, this is spectacular. And of course, I, I sometimes get a few reply guys of like, well, remember they lost 5 0 to, Chicago, uh, to Portland. And I'm like, I didn't forget about that. I'm saying the fact that they're number two on the table with a negative four goal differential is hilarious and have picked up nine points in the past three games and it's and depending on you know I, I heard that Rory Dames was trying to get one of the own goals um attributed to one of their players they think they got a toe on it so we'll see what happens but it's either five own goals out of the last six that they've scored or four out of the last six that they've scored either one of those is ridiculous <laughs> so like <laughs> to have that and to get nine points from it is just some straight up witchcraft I don't know what's happening <laughs> but it is wild and um, we'll see, like, if they can figure their attack out on the back end of this, they will have survived this little spell. Like, if they if they make this little spell count and just mm-hmm. kind of accept it as, like, some sort of cosmic blessing from whatever deity created all of this, um, they just need to accept it because they should not have had nine points in the last three matches. That and the fact that they just have all come from own goals is deeply hilarious. Like, this is this has to go down and... Uh, and WSL lore for the future of, hey guys, remember that time where like <laughs> Chicago put together just a, not, they, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think they're necessarily in the, um, they're in their best run of form right now. We'll keep picking up, you know, three points, which is 
spectacular to say the least. Um, but for our last game of the week, Portland two, Orlando one. Besides uh, more narrative about Ashlyn Harris and <laughs> penalties, which I can't lie, I think it is kind of funny that maybe it's not even that the penalties are bad. It's that you just keep saving them. Like it's like, like I tweet out, and <laughs> when you see me tweet out so with like eight O's, it's like so is anyone going to score penalty on Ashlyn Harris? I don't know. But I thought uh, still Sid, even though she didn't get her name on the team sheet, or sorry, her name on the score sheet, um, because Orlando got through through a Vigiano goal at the very death, but I honestly thought that strike was great. Um, To me, Sid was still, like, still fighting, still putting the team on her back. At one point I saw her, (laughs) but like bypass her own midfield to get to the ball to then spray it out wide. And I was like, she is still on the mission. It, it is unfortunate, though. Like, you're, it, eventually, eventually you're going to run into teams where you just, like, she's not going to be able to get the kind of, like, pref- the, get the goals that you need to be the team like Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. The, <laughs> so, real quick thing, because I've, I've mentioned this and I've talked about it. I talked about it on Twitter as well. Um, the Ashlyn Harris love, like, every time she saves a penalty or has, like, a good save – Certain commentators just can't just can't stop saying that she should be in the Olympics. She should be going to like with the Olympic team. And I understand that like, okay, fine, that's your opinion. But please be fair and balanced. That's kind of my thing. Like, please be honest. Because if you're gonna say that and that was a poor penalty, I think if you talked to Rocky Rodriguez and said, like, okay, <laughs> was this penalty telegraphed? Did it have not enough power to make it? She would say yes to both of those things. Um and there's that. But then there's also the fact that I think that Portland's two goals could have been saved. Like Sophia Smith's goal was so good. She took that, you know, she kind of set that up, but you can't get beaten near post from outside the box like that. Like it was a wicked shot. And I give like massive credit to Sophia Smith for hitting the target there because she had to get the ball to like kind of whip inward and then kind of curl out. Mm-hmm. If you kind of watch the back, I think that uh, our game magazine, um, put that out um and we we posted the gif as well so if you check that out you can actually see the flight of the ball it was a really good shot but that's something that just kind of shouldn't happen because that starts from positioning right that's that's like if you're in the right position when the shot happens you should you shouldn't be it shouldn't be beating you near post and then that header was also weird and she had plenty of time to react to it and she ended up just kind of like punching it into the roof of the net instead of being able to tip it over the bar or push it out. And so to me, those are two, I would call them errors. I would probably give her a little bit more grief on the header than Sophia Smith's shot, because I don't think she expected that kind of shot. And okay, fine, she got you. But that header was not a good save. So like, if you're going to go crazy and talk about how she needs to be in Japan because she saved this pretty weak penalty, like where's your energy when she has the bad ones? Right. Yeah. And I mean, I completely agree. I think one thing with it, and it's like, I don't necessarily, I mean, I wouldn't call the first, like that first Sophia Smith goal an error. Cause also I feel like we've sometimes just talked like sometimes players just, just do, sorry, sometimes players just do things and they deserve to score goals. Like Sophia Smith picking up the ball and I'm going to say on her own, if you think of football terms or sorry, like American football terms, like her own 30 yard line <laughs> and just sprinted yeah towards the goal um it's like okay do i think her positioning should have been a little bit better yeah but also like it was i mean a kind of wicked strike that was taken really early because we've also yeah, talked about this with, with like ebony salmon like ebony salmon always takes shots early and it always catches keepers especially in the nwsl off guard um but especially with that second one i think like you just you gotta get up your wrist strength friend it's the type of thing where it's like if you get a hand to it it should either be going towards one of the posts or something and hopefully not in the back of the net um, versus this act like her hand was strong, but it just, you know, it went, um, went into the net. So yeah, I was like, I don't know. Cause I think, I mean, if I were making an Olympic roster, I would probably just from the sheer nature of the form she's been in, I probably have her as number three, but like in Tokyo, but I mean, that delves into a completely different conversation about like, you know, getting younger goalkeepers, international experience, X, Y, Z. But yeah, got to be fair and balanced with, you know, if you do step up and save a penalty, which Ashton Harris does, has done a hilarious amount of times. Yeah, it's like got to be fair and balanced. If a player deserves to be in Tokyo, you also got to call them out for the times where they, you know, 
don't do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before. NWSL commentary leaves a lot to be desired. Maybe one day we'll get Courtney out here uh, on a mic. Don't do this. You are feeding into gal pals. I know they're going to say something about this tomorrow because I keep tweeting Co- Coach Stith. And I'm like, please stop. Even though I did yesterday during <laughs> during the golf match. I was See? like, there are 10 players. Relax. Just pass the ball around. There's only 10. You try to fight it, but it's there. <laughs> It just fight. it did make make me laugh because I actually caught it <laughs> to myself in real time. I was just like, "Pass the ball around." You have eleven <laughs> players, um, which did make me laugh. Um, but yeah, so wrapping up NWSL, so you mentioned Portland is at the top of the table, leading by two points, but the gap between first and sixth is three points, and the gap between first and seventh is four points, which honestly makes no sense. If I'm being most competitive league in the world, it's crazy. Like, it is so competitive, um, and it's – I mean, look, I'm here for it. None of the teams are unbeaten. Um, and, yeah, that – and, I mean, to me, this like, at this point of the season, it's really make or break for a lot of teams. So, yeah, this tightness, to me, just, like, is going to make for a really, uh, really fun run to the, to the playoffs. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with – some Olympic talk, um, players that you should look out for from not only just the women's, the U.S. women's national team, but also some of the other national teams as well. And we're going to talk about all the players that you'll see on the field who are part of the diaspora. So we'll be right back. All right, and we are back with our Olympic team talk. When you listen to this, there will be less than 24 hours until kickoff (laughs) for the USA versus Sweden game. Uh, The nice thing about this match is that there will actually be two replays of it, one at 8.30 a.m. on NBCSN if you have cable, and then then again at 6 p.m. on NBCSN. Um, So if you don't want to get up at 4.30 a.m., you don't have to. We may or may not be live tweeting it at 4.30 a.m., but I think it's more likely that we are live tweeting it at 8.30 a.m. <laughs> uh, the only thing the- I'll say is if you don't want it spoiled, because I'm going to try to be up for it live. So if you don't want it spoiled, don't scroll your timeline when you get up. <laughs> don't I, do I, it. I, sh- I might be tweeting on both accounts. So I yeah. will also be awake. <laughs> I'm... We'll- truly do my best to be awake. I accidentally <laughs> took a tiny baby nap this afternoon. I said, Courtney, no, you need to be tired so you can go to bed and wake up tomorrow before you listen to this at like 6 a.m. So that way on Wednesday I can get up at 4 a.m. Yep. I don't know why we, we do this. Soccer fans, soccer commentators, <laughs> soccer journalists, here for it. Um, but that's first of uh, the women's national team of three matches First against Sweden on July 24th, and they're also coming quick and fast. July 24th, they play New Zealand, and on July 27th, they play Australia uh, for New Zealand. The kickoff is later at 7.30 a.m. Thanks for that. And then on July 27th, we're back up early again because that kickoff is at what time? 4 a.m. Eastern. Also, all these times are in Eastern. If you're on the West Coast or if you're listening internationally, because we know you do, shout out to our international listeners. Tweet at us also if you listen internationally. Just let us know. Uh, your time might be different. <laughs> I just had the re- most ridiculous reaction in my life because I was looking at this in the doc where you have it all nicely laid out when the when the live kickoffs happen. And <laughs> I, I got so unreasonably happy when I saw 738. <laughs> Still <laughs> Me too. so early. But I was like, oh. <gasps> Right. And um, also with the New Zealand game, because it's kicking off at 7.30 a.m., there will not be a replay of it. But for Australia, um, on those days, you will be able to see replay on USA Network, which is for cable, um, at 10 a.m. and later again at 6 p.m. So if you don't want to get up super early in the morning, NBC is re- like rebroadcasting them, uh, which 
thank goodness, because who wants to get up that early? Not I. Um, but yeah, that's the women's national team's first three group stage matches. Andre, how are you feeling about these games? Um, I think that Sweden match is going to be brutal. Um, I think actually because, also because Sweden it's so early. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's really yeah, early. It's going to be brutal for me personally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that is such an interesting match to start with. I would, I'm sure, Vladko and everybody else would have probably preferred to start with Australia or New Zealand just to kind of like get in the flow of it. But no, you're going to be like in direct international competition against a very familiar foe <laughs> and a team that played you very well should have beat you um, earlier in the year. So um, very obviously, lucky to not get that loss. Yeah, obviously, it's it's. Not it's not one of those things where it carries over, you know, and has like a one beat, like a one to one parallel. But I still think it's going to be it. Obviously, it's going to be the toughest match of the group. Um, but you know, uh, that USA team also showed us something recently that I think, oh, if that's the way they play, Sweden won't quite be ready for that. So they'll have to make some adjustments and they'll have to try to do that. You know, if that results in some goals, they're going to have that. That's going to change their game plan pretty immediately. So I'm really excited about this one because I could really genuinely see it kind of going either way. Yeah, me too. Um, Thinking about all the teams that are currently in the Olympics and which teams, you know, going to assume unless something insane happens, which honestly it might because these are the COVID Olympics, um, you know, thinking about the teams that can really beat the like uh, the women's national team, I think Sweden is definitely up there. Um, and I think, honestly, I think Sweden might come in with a little bit of chip on their shoulder just from the fact that they almost got a win over the United States uh, in that friendly. And then there was a very controversial pe- uh, penalty kick given um, on a foul on Kelly O'Hara. So, yeah, honestly, I think Sweden's going to come in with a chip on, her sho- on their shoulders and, you know, really want to make like you know make a statement being like oh you think you're the best in the world like watch us <laughs> i'm not saying that sweden's the best in the world but you know just wanting to come in and change some of the narrative surrounding their team so yeah i think it's gonna be a really good match it's I keep i keep looking at my eyes this entire time have been on 4 30 a.m eastern <laughs> i'm like oh no 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 um just as a person who normally goes to bed at one o'clock in the morning um so yeah i think this match is going to be really interesting um and yeah i think it's going to be good and then going on to even though we'll probably have some more episodes for you before the next two matches new zealand and australia um honestly should be for the if i'm being honest should be for the taking um and hopefully for those two matches we'll see a little bit more of squad rotation because those matches are coming you know in the group stage coming thick and fast yeah, that's a, it's it's brutal. I mean, once the, this is the thing that like we've had all this anticipation and and honestly still still don't feel all that comfortable uh, <laughs> that this Olympics is proceeding, but uh it appears to be as as we record <laughs> on the on the 19th of July at night, uh it appears still to be on. Uh mm-hmm. so when the games start, it's going to be a whirlwind. Um like you mentioned the July 21st, July 24th, July 27th. I mean, playing every 3 days is just brutal. So, um and we're going to have that and all the other groups in play, too. So it's it's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's coming, whew, coming thick and fast. Um, and yeah, and so, I mean, I'm really, I really am hoping for some good rotation. I also just hope, I don't know, let's say it's like the 80th minute, Waco, and you're like, I need a game changer. I need someone to come in and do something special. I'm going to put Tierna Davidson in and move Crystal Dunn to the 10. Just do it. Why not? <laughs> Just do it. I know. It's an international stage. It's crazy. Why would you do that? But Vlaco, if you want to go for gold, sometimes you got to do something a little bit different. This is like my one, truly my one hope for this tournament. It's just like Vlaco does something kind of spicy, <laughs> particularly with Crystal Dunn. Um, and I'm just like, come on. Come on, Vladi. I know you want to do it. Come on. I, I think that having the alternates become full members of the team, um, when that move happened, that changed a lot in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Like if he wants to do, like we can do a lot of different things now because you don't have, like you have enough players where you can kind of mix things up a bit. Um, Casey Kruger, again, 
center back, right back, left back can play any. Uh, Tarana Davidson, same can do center back or, or, or left back as well. So like you have a whole lot of looks that you can throw at teams now. And it wasn't even, as far as I know, it wasn't even the U.S. pushing for that. I think it was Netherlands and one other team. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly who. It was pushing I think the for Netherlands it. started the bid. Like yeah, the, they started it. Yeah. Um, and I think somebody else joined them and, and kind of pushed uh, the IOC to do it. I really think it's going to end up benefiting the U.S. though, just because oh, the pool 1, is so deep. <laughs> like now you can just start Lynn when you need to. Like Lynn should have been in the 18, but now it's fine. She, she's mm-hmm. there. And you're going to need to – she's going to get a start because she she needs to start. She's she, terrifying. She 1,000% <laughs> deserves it. Um, yeah, even though I will say with that, and maybe we'll talk about this at either mid-Olympics or post-Olympics, um, thinking back to the original roster of, you know, creating an 18 with four alternates, but – and obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We didn't know this was going to happen, that the roster was going to expand to 22, but no Mitch Purse on that 22. You're telling me on a World Cup watcher, sorry, on a the World Cup watcher, on a World Cup roster that she's like she's number twenty three on this squad right now. Yeah, we don't yeah. have to talk about it at one point, but maybe we don't have to talk about it right now. But yeah, that's that's something that's been on the back of my mind now that this roster has been expanded. Oh yeah, it's been on the front of my mind. Uh, Mitch deserves it. <laughs> I uh, don't really know what's going on there, but really, really disappointed and, and frustrated that, that didn't happen. Um, honestly, <laughs> think about that. Like you, If the Olympics would have happened the way the Olympics have always happened or have happened with this alternate situation, we wouldn't have had an opportunity. We wouldn't have had Mitch. You know, we still don't have Mitch and they wouldn't have been able to call on Casey Kruger or Lynn Williams. So like, True. or Kat. So like this would have been so different so so different um and i i just hope they're paying attention and learning let's make it a learning moment shall we one thousand percent um but we're gonna give you a little rundown transitioning a little bit uh to all the teams with melanin now some of these teams are fully melanated some of them are partially melanated. Some but, of them uh, could be more melanated shout out u.s women's national team look we can say this technically about every, almost every team <laughs> right. except for Zambia and really uh, Brazil too, even though always shout out to Farmiga, seven World Cup, or sorry, seven Olympics. Woo. Uh, as I said, Farmiga has been at the Olympics for genuinely my entire existence <laughs> on this planet. So always shout out. But, you know, for women's national team, you know, our faves, Crystal Dunn, Lynn Williams, Katarina Macario, Kristen Press. Casey Kruger and AD Franch. Well, I don't know why I said Franch, but AD Franch. <laughs> Give a little flair with AD Franch. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm missing that France is, I'm like, my body's missing France and them not being on the Olympics because <laughs> of Olympic qualifying for UEFA te- teams, uh, like European teams happens. What? At the World Cup. Tell, don't. It's so bonkers. It's so bonkers that this happened. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but running down the rest of the shots, uh, Zambia, whole squad. Whole squad's extra melanated. The only team uh, f- from the African continent. And they're also at their first world, uh, sorry, their first Olympics. It's like they're for at least for um, women's soccer. So really excited to see them. Hopefully we'll be able to catch a few games if I'm not secretly asleep um, or if my brain's not secretly asleep. For Team Great Britain, it's. The two representatives are Nikita Paris and Demi Stokes. For Australia, it's Mary Fowler. For Brazil, that's a whole squad. If you if you want to dig into that, go read some history books. Um, but really, all the Brazil squad got some melanin in them. Uh, for Canada, really showing out as the only other team besides Zambia with a lot of black players. Uh, you got Nichelle Prince, Kadisha Buchanan, Ashley Lawrence, Desiree Scott, Deanne Rose, and Jade Riviere. Look, I know we're supposed to be, you know, neighbors fighting a little bit, United States, Canada, but if there's like another team that I really want to succeed besides Brazil, it's Canada. I just want them to really succeed because they put a lot of black players on their squad and I always got to root for that. Canada making the U.S. look silly. That's all I'm going to say. Like, making the U.S. look real silly. Like, look, look at that. Like, they got twice as many uh, black players on their squad. Uh, like, it's, it's a beautiful thing. 
And and it just it's just that shouldn't be happening. That should not be happening. <laughs> we got enough ballers here. Let's get them in. Let's get them on the team. And we also got to shout out Canada because they were also a team that came here and took a knee. The whole squad took a knee. The U.S. Women's National Team has not done that yet. Canada came here once, was here once, lined up once, and they had their players together in line, in formation. Um, and shout out to them for being extra melanated and showing, some, for some reason, the cold country, Canada up there, showing us how to do it. It's weird. One thousand percent. I completely agree. Um, and then from the Netherlands, we have Lyneth Berenstein and Van de Sanden. And then from Sweden, actually, her name is Madeline Shinoki. <laughs> With the question mark at the end. So, yeah, that is all of the teams of Melanin. But I do have shout out, even though they're not from the African diaspora, we do have Chile, Japan, and China, and all their squads are filled brown people so also gotta support always because women's soccer around the world you know the face of women's soccer around the world are, tend to be very white and by tend to be are very white um so you know always want just more black and brown people in the sport and more black and brown people in the sport succeeding and i don't think it's necessarily a dark horse pick but i definitely think japan is going to make a really good run yeah. into this tournament um, just to give y'all a quick rundown um, of the groups, uh, just so you have them all. Group E is Japan, Canada, Great Britain, and Chile. Group F is China, Brazil, Zambia, and Netherlands. Group G is Sweden, U.S., Australia, and New Zealand. Uh, I believe the way that this works is that uh, the top two in each um, group advance. Uh, the third place teams Basically, the the lowest ranked of the third place teams doesn't advance, so it's kind of kind of it's gonna get a little weird <laughs> when you're trying to compare the third place teams to try to figure out which two go and which one drops off. So it's gonna be unfortunate for someone. I think you probably have a good bet that that third place team is gonna come from Group G: Sweden, U.S., Australia, and New Zealand. Australia has not looked good. New Zealand is just. There's there's a, a pretty big discrepancy between where they're at and the players they have and Sweden in the U.S. So you're probably looking at a couple bad results for those teams, and we'll see, we'll we'll see. But um, that's where I'm putting my money. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting though. It's gonna be interesting. See, I'm not 100 percent sure about Australia because we you know saw them giving up loads and loads of goals to other teams. Just then. so many goals. But then recently they held Sweden. They and this, you know, to be fair, is probably more about maybe Japan not finishing in front of goal than Australia's yeah. defense. But still, they only they held Japan to only one goal. Yeah, so, that surprised me. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's probably likely that the third place team from Group G drops out. But also, you know, things happen. I like fully expect something with all of the reporting recently about players coming in testing positive. For COVID and having to, you know, drop out, I don't think that's going to end. Um, and I think, I mean, and obviously, I don't know how other teams are treating it. I know specifically with the na the U.S. national team, they're like, I think their motto has something to do with like, I think their motto right now is like protect the bubble or something like that. So <laughs> yeah, um, it's what you got to do. Yeah, it's what you got to do, and it's. I know it's like. It's supposed to be business as usual, but also at the back of your mind, it's like, hey, COVID, <laughs> yikes. Um, but moving on to, or Andre, do you have anything else to add? I do not. Let's go ahead and do our final segment and uh, and then get out of here. Um, God, we're revising it a little bit. I, I, <laughs> I want to go with what's got you heated and what's got you hyped. So it's heated or hyped. And uh, I'm going to have Courtney go first. What's got you heated? Um, the cost of like the cost to play soccer in this country has yeah. got me heated. Um, we can add the link in the show notes or maybe saw us floating on social media, um, basically an article about Christy and Sam Mewis and how, you know, they're both at the Olympics. I think they put some crazy small percentage of how often it is that like you get to the Olympics and you and your sibling gets to the Olympics. Um, and someone actually cherry picked a quote. And didn't include the rest of the context that for their parents, they spent anywhere from ten to twelve thousand dollars 
to pay for Christy and Sam to play soccer, which is a crazy amount. Like that is so much to spend. I don't think it was each. I think it was cumulative, but that's, you know, that's still so much to spend on kids playing sports. But what actually got me a little heated about it was that the rest of the context wasn't given. So yes, it was that they spent anywhere from ten dollars to $12,000 a season, but it was also that their dad picked up a second job to to pay for it, or like at least to partially pay for it. Like, you know, this wasn't something where he was just, where their family wasn't just like playing, like paying out of pocket, like, you know, just having like, I don't, I mean, I don't know how many people just have like, it's like, oh yeah, let me just drop $12,000 on both of my kids playing soccer. Um, but to me, it's just, and this is also like, you know, not about the muses, but it just really speaks to how hard it is to play soccer in the States. Like, and I know that things are kind of changing, at least with the MLS and hopefully in the future with the NWSL, with the academy system and, you know, really, but, you know, shifting some of that burden to the clubs um, and making them responsible for, you know, growing this talent. Because, look, we see it happen a lot of other places in the world. And I'm thinking most notably a lot of times in England. Um, so, yeah, just how unaffordable soccer is in this country and also what that how that percolates into soccer especially women's soccer being so white yeah um whole lot to say about that we're kind of gonna have to we we may we we may bring in a guest to talk about that um a little bit more thoroughly because i think that's that's like the primary soccer conversation um in this country and has been for a while um it's it's a lot it should it should not be an expensive sport to play you need a ball not when you just need balls like you literally need a ball any type of shoe or even barefoot, and a place to play. It should not be this expensive. That's it. Grass and a ball, or dirt and a ball, or asphalt and a ball. <laughs> like you, like really, it just is just a ball. So it is really frustrating, and that's just the way that it has gone. If you want to know why soccer has always been so white in this country, that would be it. Um, that also applies to many other things. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's got you heated? It's got me heated. Honestly, Segerfield. It's got me heated. I was How did I that, forget about that? That turf was horrendous. It's just not a professional venue. It's just not. It's not terrible in terms of like training. Obviously, I don't know if you re- how much training you really want to do on on turf like that, though. But like, this isn't really to knock you know any of the event staff or anything like that. It's just it's really in the middle of nowhere. It's not really close at all to DC or really Northern Virginia. It is a drive. Forty-five minute drive. Yeah, um, and it's really not worth it. You need to be able to water it. It needs to have some sort of drainage system. It needs to not be the type of turf that it is. (laughs) Um, I just really hope that, and I know the Spirit have a couple more games to play there this season. I hope that's the last that the spirit have to play. I think that lower divisions, you do kind of have to deal with that. But when you're a top flight league, you should not have a team play on a surface like that. Um, And I think that is something that the spirit have been pretty adamant about. They've tried um, to get Audi and they've kind of come to these little half compromises. I think after this season, there can't be any more compromises. The team has to find a way. I was even saying, like, you know, talking about it afterwards, like there are plenty of universities in D.C. If you have to go and play on a better surface from one of the universities in D.C., then you do that temporarily until they can either work out. I mean, honestly, D.C. United should be working with Washington Spirit to get the scheduling right so that both teams can call that stadium home. That's what should be happening. But if they don't, you have other options. And Segar doesn't need to be one of them. So that's kind of what had me heated. I, I kind of felt I felt bad. Like that's that's a surface I should be playing on. That's not a surface <laughs> Mitch Purse should be playing on or or Trinity Rodman or any of the players that were out there. It's not great. Yeah, and I think and also talking about, you know, turf, because you know, they're not the only team that will occasionally or or even full time like play on turf. Like we know that ha- um, that Portland plays on turf as well. But the one thing that makes me just nervous, like and not even talking about, you know, the quality of the turf, which at some points, sometimes you'd see the ball bounce and then you see a little shadow come after it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's turf. Um, mm-hmm. Is, and there have been studies on this, the injuries specifically to women, uh, to women athletes that happen on turf. 
And so, yeah. like, that just from, like, a player perspective, that makes me a little nervous. Like, yeah, it sucks play on turf, getting turf burn, like, all those basic things, but also just understanding, like, just injuries. Yeah, Tony Robin, when she had those really scary injury scare, it was back spasms. When she got those, it was it was because of the turf. You take that sort of, you absorb, like, you, you don't really get a whole lot of give. It's It's so much kind of like trauma on your joints. And I think that just, you know, had a, had a eventually mounted up and, and gave her back spasms. And so they had to be careful with how they played her and they took her off, uh, I think at the hour mark um, and probably mm. wanted to take her off sooner. So like, yeah, um, not great. So moving on, we're going to end it as we try to do now uh, on, a, on a positive note. Uh, Courtney, what's got you hype? There are a few things that's got, that have got me Ooh, hype. Give us the um, list. Even though I, can't lie, I can only think of one right now because I was, okay. did have another. Uh, the Return of Ted Lasso, season oh, two. Oh, yeah. Uh, the two things that got me through were Ted Lasso and The Last Dance <laughs> in terms of like <laughs> actual, I mean, I technically The Last Dance was not scripted, but at some points it felt scripted. Um, <laughs> but also just sports. But yeah, Ted Lasso, I'm really excited to see my favorite ray of sunshine, Danny Rojas. Football is life. I've started following him on Instagram and Twitter, and I was like, this is immaculate. Uh, so, yeah, really excited for Ted Lasso coming back. And I'm also excited because even though I will be deeply sleep-deprived, so on August 8th, just let me just fall off the face of the earth for a little bit, um, and then let me come back because I will be one of the co-hosts on the GIST's newsletter, Um they have a daily Olympics podcast, and I will be Ooh. one of the co-hosts. So I'm nice. super excited about that. I will be deep into all things Olympics. Congrats. Um, and I, thanks. I'm super excited about it. I'm also really excited, besides, you know, just Olympic soccer, gymnastics. I want to see Simone Biles take another goal. I want to see Jordan Childs take a gold. Um, I love all the Childs and Biles content <laughs> give it to me please um but i'm also surprised i'm really excited and i don't know how it's going to work um because like they're not artificial waves but i'm excited about surfing <laughs> like surfing at like that's gonna be fire like surfing at the olympics uh so yeah those that's what's what i'm hype about yeah, for me, um, I'm going to keep it Olympic themed. I I told y'all that I am a little shook of this Sweden match. And it's true, even though I do expect a good match. Um, I think what the wrinkles we saw against Mexico made me excited. Way more excited than I was. I think we, we, did, a, we did a podcast and we talked about there's like the real Vlatko. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think, and I hope that I am not wrong, but I think that we're going to see some different things from this team, some things that we've been wanting to see for a while. I'm it's not Crystal Dunn out of 10. <laughs> right. I'm a little concerned because if it was still the 18, I don't know if we would have been able to do those things. So it is, it does make me a little concerned. But I think that regardless of how it goes, if the U.S. is going to do well, it's gonna be because Kristen Press balls out and we get and we get plenty of Kristen Press bangers. So like I'm here for that and I'm kind of ready to get it started, even though I say that at what is right now, 10 03 PM, which is right around like my time. Like I'm a night person. I enjoy it. I'll be up for another three or four hours. I oh, say no. that now. Very sorry. <laughs> when normally I, at 4.30 a.m., I may not be feeling the same, but we'll see. I'll see y'all on the timeline. I, yeah, I don't think we're, that first match, all I'm saying, we might make some mistakes on the podcast. Just know that it is, or on the, I mean, on the podcast, just know it's 4.30 in the morning. Yes. We are trying our best, as <laughs> all of the journalists who <laughs> will also be tweeting trying their best so you know if we get a little thing wrong we'll tweet about it yeah we'll make a correction grace but it's is also the word give us just allow us some grace give us a little bit of grace so yeah but i i mean look the olympics even though i have a lot of complicated feelings about them is a my probably my second favorite sporting event in the whole world so i'm super excited for it 
even though there's also so much going into it, not even just with COVID, but them uh, cardboard beds and where it did, there have been some reports that they've been planning since 2019, but also they're just a cardboard bet. Like there's a lot going on, but I'm super excited for Olympic soccer and then also just all the other Olympic events. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Diaspora United. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. Is that the right phrase? <laughs> it's oh, like, no, I'm sorry. Peel your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be coming out with more Olympic soccer content for you. This is probably going to be a little bit shorter, a little bit different. Um, but, you know, those these games are coming thick and fast, and we definitely don't expect everyone else to try to watch as many of them as possible. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review, and we'll talk to you all next time. See you all. Bye. Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora U-T-D-P-O-D. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.